let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we're back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass, and we are ready to go, aren't we, mate? We are, and um, it's a bit of an Adnams theme tonight. I don't know if anyone listening has ever heard me mention Adnams at all. What a shame. What an absolute <laughs> shame. <laughs> and um, we do, I do, we both have some ghost ship in the glass, but that's only there as a control sample, because we're going to go through the Adnams 10th anniversary collaborations they've done. And the first one is the one they did with Beavertown, Strange Seas, a 3.5% pale ale. But, Stephen, I'm not alone, are we, Steve? No, we're not. We are joined by a guest drinker, former number one fan, and the official statistician of the show, Sean O'Reilly. Sean, how are you doing, mate? Oh, I'm doing fine, thanks. It's, uh, it's lovely to be on the show um, for, for my first time, and uh, maybe not my last, who knows? But yeah, great to be with you, lads. Well, it's, nice it's lovely to, to you, have Sean. you along. Yeah, it's great to have you have you along tonight. Let's um let's waste no more time and let's dive straight into our first beer, which, as Martin said, is is the Strange Seas, which is the collaboration with Beavertown. Cheers. 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 Now we'll just say up front that these certainly from yours and and my point of view, Martin, these are beers that we've all we've, we've both drunk before, haven't we? We've had these beers before, so this isn't going to be our first tasting. No, this is this beers. isn't a. It's, which is actually quite unusual for us, I think, especially recently on the show. Um, no, and we were very lucky that um, Fergus had them sent them through to us as well. So thank you very much. So what were uh, Sean? We'll go to you as I guess. What what, uh, what what's your views on this one? Um, well, like like you, I've I've had it before. Um, you know, living in Adnams country, it's uh, you know been easy for me to get hold of. And yeah, it's it's a lovely fruity nose. It, it's a really fruity tropical. It says on the can tropical pale ale, and I think that's exactly what they've got. They've really nailed it. Yeah, it's it's really light as well, isn't it? Because it comes in uh, comes in at three point five percent, so it is a is a very much a session pale ale, uh, session tropical pale ale. But I, I I agree. I mean, on on the nose, you get loads of like tropical fruits. There's mm. there's a there's a big big grapefruit and melon in in there for me as well, and that all comes through on the flavour as as well. And I've, I've got to say, there's 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 an awful amount of flavour in this beer for such a, a low ABV beer. Yeah, yeah I completely agree as well. I, I think you both said it. I mean, the tropical nose is there straight away, and very light body. I mean, it's a good what one percent less than the uh, original that it's you know sort of paying homage to as well. Um, there's a lot. There is a lot going on with it. I think for me, perhaps just some of the tropical notes because maybe the tropical aroma isn't always my favorite I, I prefer maybe a bit more the citrusy like the lime the orange the grapefruit this is definitely much more into the tropicana kind of range um but it does exactly what it says it's going to do it is tropical it is pale three and a half percent you know it is a sessionable beer especially if this is your kind of uh, flavor and aroma profile mm. it's a very dry finish as well don't don't you think yeah, it is. It is. It's um, because that, that real tropical um, kind of style of beer doesn't always have a dry finish, does it? You get a lot of those beers that are just that little bit sweet on the finish. But this, this like I say, does have a good dry finish. What do we think about this one in relation to the mothership, the ghost ship? What do we think? Well, I was literally just about to do a little comparison there while you were, while you were speaking. Oh, I might do the same then. 
I think I think for me, really, the the, the only thing that it seems to retain from from Ghost Ship is is maybe that kind of multi backbone, which is a, a phrase that I always use that phrase in relation to Adnam's beers. That they, they, they have this multi Adnam's backbone that the minute you taste it, you know it's an Adnam's beer, and and that's obviously down to to to, the, to their house yeast and, and 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 the malts that they use. But for for me, that's that's the only thing. That, that this beer retains from Ghost Ship, all of the other characteristics are, are just a, a, a little bit lost because obviously Ghost Ship is very, very hop-wise, is, is very citra-heavy, um, and that does come through, doesn't it, in, in, in Ghost Ship? There's a lot of the citrus notes in that, and you do get that wonderful citrus bitterness in, in there where maybe some of that's lost in the Strange Seas. What do you think, Sean? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, Ghost Ship was one of the one of the first beers in the country with the the citra hop those i think it was maybe about number three or four it was it was very new when it first came out 10 years ago and obviously that's completely different to um to the strange seas um the other thing about that bitterness that's interesting as well though is that the ghost ship i didn't realize until very recently has rye in it um and whereas this one doesn't and i think that maybe makes a bit of a difference as well in the the kind of flavor profile but it has got that you know that Adnam's characteristic to it somewhere as well though you're quite right Steve you know what Sean I'm 100% with you on that I didn't know Ghost Ship had rye on it until they released it in it until they released the beer with the, the collaboration with Magic Rock which we're oh, going to no. try later on yeah <laughs> I, I, and, I, and I think I think at the time because this th- there was a conversation on Twitter at the time wasn't there and, and I think Fergus said why do we bother putting information on cans if you like, never read it <laughs> well the thing is I've never got past citrus and Citra <laughs> on, on Ghost Ship. Um, yeah. And I think it's one of those things. Once you've recognised a bit that you're really interested in, you probably don't look any further. Uh, but I agree mm. with both of you. I think the real the real uh, link between original and strange seas is it's the malt. It's the, it's the profile, the malt backbone, maybe a bit of the, the, the house yeast as well. Perhaps there's a bit, I don't know what uh, yeast was used by Beavertown for this one. And that probably could be quite an interesting question for someone to answer. But yeah, that for me is it. The rest of it, they're two completely separate beers apart from that. I think, Martin, that all these beers were brewed at Adnams, and I think they'll have been brewed with the house yeast, but I might be able to find the answer out to that. Well, I'm just I'm just literally looking at a can. It says brewed by Adnams uh, in Southwold. So I'm, I'm guessing mm. if it was brewed at Adnams, they would have used the, the, the Adnams yeast. So you'd almost expect that link to be yeah. with the malt backbone and the, the yeast profile, I'd imagine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's a refreshing beer. I mean, it's completely the wrong time of year to be drinking this fruity, tropical, crisp pale ale. <laughs> well, this this came out late summer, wasn't it? This came out, yeah. I think it was September. Originally, this came out, which at the time we were still, you, you know, we were still lucky enough to be having quite a warm September. So at, at the time, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, completely agree with you. Now's the wrong time to be doing it. But it was what with the, the recent release of the Magic Rock collaboration as well. It just seems sense to do these first three collaborations now because I, I really like what Adnams have been doing with, with, with this series in terms of going back to breweries that they've worked with in the past and looking at recipes, but getting each of those breweries to put uh, their own take on the, the, the classic that is Go Ship. Yeah. Oh no, I I agree. I mean, you know, the 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 work they've done with Magic Rock, Camden, and Beaver Town over the past, I think, says a lot about where Ad, how Adams has transitioned from perhaps being a Suffolk family traditional brewer 
to having a bit more about them. I think we've said it before, Steve, they're one of the few family regional brewers who managed to straddle perhaps between what was, what was, is considered trad and what may be considered maybe a bit more modern as well. Um, I don't know, what, Sean, what, what do you think? You're, you, like you say, you know, you're, you're mid-Suffolk, home of Adnams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think Adnams, you know, you're quite right, Martin. They're, they're quite unusual in the way that they've um, really kind of um, crossed the divide and, and worked with some of these more modern breweries as well. Um, I wrote a piece about it, actually. Um, I don't know if Steve will link it in, in the show notes, but I wrote a piece about the... If you, uh, if you say it, he has to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, and, and it's out there now. <laughs> it never occurred to me. Um, but yeah, they, they really transitioned. I think Fergus uh, uh, deserves a lot of credit for that. I think a lot of it is down to him and his relationships with other brewers. Um, but yeah, they've really transitioned... Um, you know, with, with doing collaborations with American breweries and also a lot of the, the British craft breweries as well. And, and you're quite right. I don't think really any of the other regional family brewers have done that. Certainly not to the same degree that Adnams have. That's what I was going to say. I don't think they've, uh, I suppose, obviously, Fuller's did the Fuller's and Friends for a couple of years. Mm. Probably not likely to necessarily see that in the same format going forward. Um, but, you know, I think Adnams have done it both in a collaborative way with certain brewers, but also bringing out their own their own range as well, which still sits quite comfortably. I think when you look at the pump clips uh, and the taps, yeah. they've managed to, managed to, I think, land it quite nicely with regard to their output. Yeah, I think Fergus would be the first to say, you know, they've learned an awful lot by by working with these other breweries. And, and you know, they've been able to use that in the in the Jack brand um, with, with some of the beers that they put out on that brand as well. Yeah, and I think originally the plan was there was going to be four of these collaborations to, to celebrate Ghost Ship's 10th birthday. But when when I spoke to, to Fergus after he sent these across, he was like, you know what, we're just doing loads of them now because we're just going to drag the 10th birthday out for the whole year that Ghost Ship <laughs> is 10. So I, I don't think these are going to be the last three. And, and I think there are a few more coming this year as well, which we'll be looking out for. And hopefully in a few months time, we'll be able to do another show with, with the next set of these beers as, as as well and it's another excuse to drink ghost ship on on the podcast <laughs> isn't it martin damn <laughs> so, always a tough one that <laughs> so while we're enjoying the strange seas sean tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself right well my beer journey started back in 1980 something or other um we don't need to be too specific um and I think, you know, maybe unlike a lot of other people, I, I always started off as a real ale drinker. Um, to be brutally honest, that was probably because the real ale was 10 pence a pint cheaper than the lager. Um, and that meant I could easily have an extra pint or two at the end of an evening. Um, but I was always a real ale drinker. And growing up, as I did in Suffolk, um, I was always an Adnams drinker. Um, there, there were two other breweries and um, the Adnams pubs were definitely the best. So that was where my beer journey started. Um, and really it kind of took off. I've, I've been a real ale drinker all my life, but it all took off, I guess, um, probably around about eight years ago. And I put it all down to, uh, your good friend of mine, Ruth, the beer fairy, um, who introduced me to untapped, persuaded me that this evil keg stuff might be drinkable after all. Um, and, um, then sort of brought me to, to finding out about you guys and the beer o'clock show when she guested one time beer twitter and and the rest is history i guess um but uh it, it's been 
you know, exciting journey, you know, discovering beer much more widely than the traditional cask beer that I drunk for most of my life. Based where you are, Sean, do you get maybe a bit frustrated sometimes that you can't get hold of it or easily get hold of some of the beers you may be interested in, but you may see on beer Twitter, for example? Yeah, that can be a frustration. Um, you know, the, the, I'm, a, I'm nearly an hour from Ipswich and, you know, just over an hour from Norwich. So getting to a bottle shop is, you know, is not a regular occurrence. Um, so, it, you know, it does depend on on deliveries. I suppose over the last year or so, I've been getting, you know, getting a lot more beer in for various reasons. Um, so it's, you know, it's been quite good over the last year. It's been one of the silver linings for me, being able to order a bit more beer online. But it can be frustrating. Uh, on the other hand, there's a few, you know, there's a lot of good breweries in Suffolk that people haven't necessarily heard of. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I appreciate being able to get hold of those in, in local pubs. Um, Grain is a good example, one that I know that both of you, you guys are, are, are quite keen on, yeah. um, which doesn't have the profile that perhaps it deserves. Um, and, I, you know, I appreciate, you know, having access to, to beers that, some, that don't maybe get raved about, but are really good. Do, do you think the issue with Grain is that, that they've just not got the capacity to to have the reach that maybe they'd like because yeah they are that they are a brewery that we've we've spoken about frequently in in, in the past on the show and they are a, a brewery that if i ever see their pump clip on when i walk into a pub i'll i'll instantly go towards it because they do do very good beers but you just don't see them outside of Suffolk and maybe a little bit of North Essex. I mean, I'm I'm quite lucky to have, have seen them in the Vic quite a few times in in, in yeah. Colchester, but I'm not sure they get much further down. I think I think we've seen them in the Ale House in Chelmsford. I was going to say that the Ale House is about as further south as I've seen it come. Yeah. yeah, I think you know Grain and there's there's a number of other breweries that are, are not that different as well. They you know they very much focus on their local cask market. Um, they they don't do an awful lot of keg. They don't do you know they they haven't traditionally done much at all small pack. Although they're they're doing a bit more you know obviously quite a lot more this year. Um, but there's a number of local breweries that that really just focus on their local cask market um, and haven't really particularly been interested in pushing themselves further afield. You know on the other hand there are breweries that very much focus on on getting out nationwide. Um, and I'm trying to remember now, I think, um, I think it was Burnt Mill, which is, is you know, quite local to me. Um, the first time I ever saw a Burnt Mill beer in the wild on draft was in Preston. <laughs> so, <laughs> not exactly down the road. <laughs> no, absolutely not, you know, but, you know, they're a brewery that are all over the country and, they, and their whole, you know, the business model is about nationwide distribution. Um, and because they've got that nationwide distribution, because they're in the major cities and what have you, people know about them. Uh, whereas the likes of Grain and, and a few other breweries, that's not the market they're looking to, to serve. And, and so therefore, they're, they're not known nationally. Um, I think one brewery that maybe kind of bridges that a little bit is Ampersand, um, because I think they, you know, they are a little bit more well known and, and they're, you know, they maybe get about the country a little bit more, but again, still serve the local cast market quite a lot as well. I think it's their, um, their bottles of big stouts and stuff. Their dark beers have probably got their name out there as much yeah. as anything else. To be honest, I don't really think I've seen much of their tap output. It's generally been bottles for me. I think they've recently gone to canning as well. I yeah. saw. Yeah. Yeah. They can, they can. Yeah. 
Um, I think they've got their own canning line, but but they're they're definitely putting a lot of cans out now. Yeah, and they look really smart as well, actually. Yeah, well, I think they've always had quite distinctive branding with mm. the ampersand, with the dark beers, especially. You know, the experiments and evil is quite a distinctive uh, look to it, hasn't it? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple of their big beers that uh, didn't get drunk at Christmas. I'm looking for a good opportunity to, to crack open. I'm sure I'm sure that'll come along. Um, <laughs> but it's not just about buying beer for you, is it, Sean? So when, when you do, you're not buying it, consuming it from the pub, um, you also brew it yourself. Yeah, I've, I've been known to brew a little bit of beer, um, which you guys are very kindly featured and, and said some very nice things about. Um, yeah, and, and actually Adnams have, have got a part in that story as well. So it was around about, I think about four years ago, um, my son took me on a brewery tour, Finn, who you've both met, took me on a brewery tour at Adnams and it was, you know, it was munching on, you know, on, on malted grains at Adnams and sniffing hot pellets and, and things that kind of reignited in enthusiasm because I used to brew some absolutely awful liquid extract kit beer back <laughs> in the day. Um, but actually sort of seeing the raw ingredients kind of enthused me and I thought, oh yeah, I'd really like to do that. Um, but I was a bit put off by, you know, expensive equipment and the thought of having, you know, 40 odd pints of bad beer um but coincidentally that same christmas a mate of mine got a book about one gallon brewing which was something that i'd never heard of um so i brew on a ludicrous scale i actually brew um seven liters now um but it's totally time inefficient it takes me as long to brew you know a dozen pints of beer as it would take somebody else to brew 40 um, or very nearly as long but it does mean I get to brew more often and uh, I brew lots of different beers, really enjoy it, really enjoy the process, uh, really enjoy playing around with the recipes. Um, and, and it means I've always got something different in, in the house. I think that's uh, really good that Adams inspired you. I mean, the whole idea about Adams is for you to buy their beer, Sean. So I think you may have missed the point of the brewery tour <laughs> there. But uh, I, I think it's quite good that uh, they've inspired you to sort of go along and do your own stuff. Have you tried Have you played about with trying to do any of the Adams recipes have you done a bit of broadside or anything like that yeah I've um yeah there's a few of their recipes are sort of available in in the books and that I've done um I've done a broadside and a Southwold bitter um that that were both passable um wouldn't say they were the closest matches um but yeah they were both decent beers um one of the things of course that, that means that they wouldn't be a really close match is the Adnams house yeast and uh, I haven't got as far as talking very very nicely to Fergus and trying to scrounge <laughs> some house yeast off him yet <laughs> maybe one day <laughs> yeah maybe maybe one day on his retirement uh, before that, I'm not so sure to be honest um, no I don't know how closely they guard that I should imagine it's pretty closely guarded my, my strange seas, even though I'm sort of got the the ghost ship beside it, it's starting to evaporate in my glass, Steve. The, mine, mine too. Uh, unsurprisingly, let's crack on with the news, uh, and then we'll come back to some some final thoughts on the the strange seas. So, um, first up this week is the news that this year, 2021, um, is a year where Abbeydale Brewery in Sheffield are celebrating 25 years of the brewery's existence. So, as a result of that. 
throughout the year they're going to be planning a series of anniversary beers um to kind of celebrate what what's going on this year and and the first of those that they're releasing is a beer that they'd actually previously retired in 2016 uh which is an amarillo hopped american brown owl called brimstone um it's something like 3.9 percent, i think it is it's quite a light beer but that's the first beer that they're bringing back and they're going to be putting that in cans as well and i know there's a bit of a brown owl movement going on at the moment so that's probably <laughs> one that's going to excite quite a few people uh and the next beer that they're planning in february is uh, the return of last rites which is a dry hopped barley wine for for barley wine lovers as well so i think it's quite exciting to to see what abbeydale might come up with in the next year because they've got such that they straddle straddle such a range of, of of beers they've got their kind of traditional cask market which i know they've started putting certainly over the last year they've had to put some of those beers into cans but they've also got some quite modern um and hop forward beers that they do as as well and then they've got the whole funk dungeon thing going on as well with 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 the mixed fermentation beers as well so i think i think there's a lot to look forward to from Abbeydale this year yeah well congratulations to Abbeydale for hitting 25 years um look forward to some of those beers coming out um but like a lot of people look forward to some of those beers being available on cask in the pub at some point in the, in 2021 hopefully um but yeah I think that's great news yes I mean it's a fantastic diverse range that they produce um and that's really stepped up in the last four or five years hasn't it so you know congratulations to them and uh, yeah look forward to trying some of those yeah uh next up is the great british beer festival winter at home obviously normally camera will run their great british beer festival in the winter um which is where we get the winter beer of the champion beer of britain um but obviously with things as they are they've decided to take this online so this will be running from the 19th to the 21st of march um there's a series of different options in terms of tickets some of them just include tastings some of them include boxes of beer some of them include access to uh different types of entertainment and 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 all that sort of thing um no mention of whether there'll be a hugely inappropriate glass in in any of these boxes um that's a that's a surprise (laughs) hopefully not hopefully they would have learned from last time um but it's, it's it's great that they are certainly in this what feels like almost the norm now in in terms of online festivals and online launches it's great to see that there's still going to be the great british beer festival winter edition this year and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people will look forward to that because i mean the great british winter festival is the one which rotates every three years doesn't it yeah different places so obviously they haven't been able to like a lot of people not be able to do it in the proper setting but, you know, there'll be some solid beers in there. And if you get some decent winter ales from some good breweries in that selection, it should be a good good output, to be honest. You could be on to yeah. a winner. So I was just going to say, I wonder why they're doing it so late in March, though. Because the Winter Festival you is usually earlier than that, if I remember correctly. It is. Maybe they were waiting to see if they could have done it in person. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're organising a Winter Festival. I imagine you're organising that in September anyway. So. Yeah. Um, but no, good luck to them. Uh, you know, something to look forward to for a lot of people in mid-March then. 
Yeah, um, and there'll be a link in the show notes to where you can get the different types of tickets for that event. And then finally, on this week's news, um, Signature Brew, who seem to be releasing a new beer pretty much every week. Uh, it's a bit crazy, haven't they? Yeah, um, they've bought out uh, their first new beer for 2021 called Lo-Fi, which is an alcohol-free parallel. Um, it's hazy, non-alcoholic, and it's inspired by um, the lo-fi beats that the Signature Brew team listen to when they're, that they want a chilled afternoon in the brewery. And they're running a limited offer on, on this. So if you buy 12 cans uh, of this, you can send them an email and nominate a friend, and they'll send that friend 12 cans of the beer for free. So that's, that's no, I... a, a great little offer there. Yeah, they're sort of frank. Uh, I think they're also framing it as a bit of a a chance for you to not only uh, get something sent to your friend, but to chat to your friends as well. I think they're sort of linking it in with the whole mental health, especially yeah. this time of year as well. Um, I mean, uh, a bit interesting if a few people get this case of twelve beers, open it up, all excited, and then it goes, "Oh, no alcohol." Alcohol free. Yeah. <laughs> what sort yeah. of friend are you? Bang. <laughs> But um, it's it's great that they've uh, again we've seen another brewery enter into that alcohol-free market. Uh, we've we've got loads of those on 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 the market now, and it's it's, it's great to see Signature getting involved as well in what is uh, an anniversary year for them as well. I think they turn ten later they on do, this year. They do as, turn ten as, as well. They're on my list of a uh, tenth anniversary beers breweries to be more exact because the uh, beer club at work that Clayton and I run are also ten years old this year. So we're, we're sort of looking at beers, which may be able to tie in with that. Um, and someone did actually ask us at work on the internet site, um, would we be consider doing a low and no alcohol beer festival? So there's a lot of interest now, and I can easily source beers for that these days. The choice is just fantastic. There's so many people just going for it now, and there are so many choices out there. The only sad thing, I think, is that you don't really see many of these choices out and about other than online or in shops yeah unfortunately in you, you know places where most people will, will get their beer in the supermarkets there's still not a great range of alcohol free beer i think you're seeing the odd the odd punk alcohol free is kind of beginning to seep in to to, to some supermarket offerings yeah. but generally it tends to still be the likes of Erdinger, um, uh, Bex Blue, yeah, the, the some, Bud Zero. Some, some really need to up their game in terms of the alcohol-free offering. I think. I'd also argue the same could be said for once um, pubs and bars reopen. They could also up their game with that stock as well. If they can make it work financially, they sh- they, they could make that choice better um, because they, they then a lot of them don't offer much of a selection either, and it is a growing market. The, these breweries aren't bringing out these beers for, for fun, are they? They're bringing them out because there's a gap. There's a gap that they believe they can fill. Yeah, and it's, um, it's not just about drinking these beers in January either, either no. is it? It's those beers are available all year round for people that are either abstaining for whatever reason or maybe driving or just simply don't want the, the, the calories that are associated with a, with, with a normal beer. Yeah, exactly. So what are the final thoughts on Strange Seas? Um, I think we've all finished that, that that first beer now. Any different from what we originally said? Not for me, just really very drinkable. And um, yeah, mine, mine certainly didn't last the segment. Um, not quite as professional as you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, professional, you may be over-egging it a little bit there, Sean, but thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. you, can come, you can definitely come on again. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I've got nothing new to add. It, it does exactly what it says it do. I mean, to be honest, like I said, it's almost too tropical for me. They've packed a lot of tropical flavour into a three and a half percent beer. Yeah, there's loads mm. of flavour in it. I, I think I think maybe the only thing is, as, as you said, Martin, is that we're literally just drinking it at the wrong time of the year. Oh yeah, I think. I mean, sure, you imagine that during the May or June time last year. This, uh, especially at a barbecue or something like that. Because I think with the with meat, that'd actually be quite a good one with the tropical flavours. Mm-hmm. Cutting through some cut, of that cut through greasy meat. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be excellent. Well, let's move on to the second beer that we're going to feature this week. So this is the collaboration that we have featured before. This is with Camden Town, and this is called Camden on Sea. It's uh, India Pow Lager. And once again, is based on the elements of the ghost ship recipe. Um, but as you would expect from working with Camden, obviously it's a lager because that's what they do. That's what they excel at. Um, I mean, it pours beautifully in the glass, doesn't it? I, I, I enjoyed this one before. I've got no yeah. reason to doubt I'm going to enjoy it in about five seconds time. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's waste no more time. Cheers. 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 No, I love that one. I have to admit, I do like this one. I do, but I think it's different from what it was before. It's got um, a slightly danker, more herbal nose to it. And Has this been rebrewed recently? Yeah, this, so, so this one was, because uh, it was originally brewed back in April last year, I, I think, because it was the first collaboration that they launched for the ghost ship birthday um but then they rebrewed it again for uh the christmas period so that they could release uh, a special pack of the, the the three birthday beers with with some cans of ghost ship as as well so, so yeah it has been it has been rebrewed not and well, i do you, think it's slightly different you might be right i mean like i said i i really enjoyed this from the first time i tried it anyway um i do think it's got for me it was like it came together so well the lager skills of Camden with the, you know, the ghost ship skills from Adnam sort of do, I think they meet so well in this beer. And yes, you may well be right about a slight tweaking or refinement on the recipe, but this one is just, it's just beer. It's, it's just got a lovely beery nose to it. It's nice and clean. Uh, I think it's incredibly easy to drink. Comes in at 4.6%. Ticks the boxes for me. What, what say you, Sean? Yeah, I, I think it's a great beer. I, I don't remember it. I, I've had it before, but I don't remember it well enough to say how different it is, as, as Steve is suggesting. Um, the thing that I think is really noticeable about this compared to the Strange Seas is its closeness to Ghost Ship. This is a lager version of Ghost Ship. Um, and the other two beers were brewed with the Adnams House yeast, but this was brewed with a lager yeast. Um, so it's, it's really is a, it's a lager version of ghost ship. It's got the citra hop in it that you get in ghost ship. Um, and it's just got that really clean lager profile. Takes a lot of boxes for me then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't disagree with that. As, as I say, apart from it, 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 it feeling slightly different flavor wise to, to me, there's mm. nothing wrong with it. It's, it's still a completely refreshing beer. And yeah, I, I, I think we mentioned the last time we, we featured this Martin, how, um, reminiscent that the flavors were to go ship yeah i think actually sean's probably put it more eloquently than we did it is the lager version isn't it 
Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we've still got the uh, we've still got the ghost ship control sample on 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 the go as well. So we'll be uh, comparing and contrasting as we go through. But let's dive in to this week's questions. Opinions, 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 opinions. So first up, the question that we asked <laughs> most recently. Uh, was uh, there's been a lot of talk around traditional styles being big in 2021, but which do you think will be the biggest? Now, we had 608 votes for this. There were four options, bitter, brown owl, ESB or mild. Bitter coming out on top at 33.4%, closely followed by ESB at 27.1%, and then brown owl and mild both on 19.7%, which was quite a surprise, really, because I thought with the... Kind of think I mentioned it earlier with the love and the current movement for brown owls. I thought the that that would have been a much higher percentage. But what what do we think um, uh, about this one? What what are our views on 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 this one? So Martin, I'm going to come to you first on this one before we bring our guest in. Um, which which of those would be the style that you would want to see really come back this year and really shine? Obviously, I answered it as what I think will be the one um, that'd be bitter. I, I just think there's a real, I think people are just, are, are literally missing cast bitter. And I think that's part of the reason why bitter won, perhaps. Um, but if I was going for the one that I really want, and I'm not going to go down the, you know, the American brand now, um, it's mild because I think it's a, it is a bit of a malign style and a good great mild i think is a thing of beauty um and i would love to see a bit more of that the only thing i would say is that it was actually again it's one of those things you're you're, you're reading the poll you're seeing people's comments thank you very much for everyone who voted and commented and all you're thinking is these are all the styles i want to see in a pub mm. that's all, all i kept on thinking as much as people are doing some cracking work in small batch or just those four alone if you had one great example of each one of those and you were in the right pub, you wouldn't have any need to go anywhere else. Yeah. Well, give, give it to me on cask. Yeah. Straight into my veins. <laughs> what about yourself, Sean? Um, well, like you, you know, I'd, I'd be delighted to see all four of those on cask in, in a good pub. Um, I, I love a pint of bitter. I can't see it making a big resurgence. There's so many breweries that have dropped the word bitter from from their style descriptions so I'm, I'm not sure about that um i i can see it being esb because i'm sure i've seen a few esbs around i commented on the poll and uh, and i have to say i did really enjoy the utopian and um easty boys collaboration yeah just today um, but i think there's a few other examples of esb so i can see that one possibly being one that might make a resurgence yeah i think i think for me i always just think esb because i think I, I always go straight to fuller's ESV mm. as my my default and I'm thinking that's probably just the stronger end of those kind of traditional beers sometimes but yeah there I'm sure you can do a decent ESB in the in the four and a half percent range mm. yeah no I think so but I, I I think that people seem to be put off by the word bitter for some reason um and I, you know I don't know why but ESB uh, maybe it's because it's three letters Maybe it's going to be IPA. There'll be West Coast ESPs and, and New England ESPs and hazy oh, ESPs. Don't. Don't. <laughs> hazy ESP. Moving on swiftly from that kind of talk. What, what, did you, what was your view, Steve? Well, well obviously, I, I don't get to vote in, in, in these polls, but 
were I able to vote, I, I probably would have been in that camp that would have gone for ESB because I, I, I do love, um, as you say, the aforementioned Fullers being the, I suppose, the benchmark of the style. Um, but we did see towards the end of, of last year, Sean's already mentioned Utopia and the Yeasty Boys obviously brought out the ESB. There was the Signature and Darkness ESB that came out as well. And I, I, I think that seems to be a beer that, I, I hate using the term craft, but it, it seems to be what the, the, the craft movement has focused on as being the style that they want to focus on. I, I do think, I do think there's going to be a strong push from the brown owls this this year, and particularly the American brown style of brown owl as as, as well. You know, kind of that more hoppy brown owl. But I, I, I do think, my personally, ESB. Um, but I, I think, as 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 you both said. I think generally what, what people are going to crave for and what we're going to see a lot of is, is, is bitter. And, and that's just cask, cask bitter when the pubs reopen available drinking by the pint load, 3.7, 3.8%. I think we're probably going to see quite a lot of that come through. Yeah. Um, but in, interesting to pick up on the, on the point that Sean made there and, and, and Martin, I know this is a, it's a topic that you've been chomping at the bit to, to talk about on, on, on the podcast. And that's that because, I think Roger Protz wrote, wrote a piece maybe about 18 months ago now mm. where he he maybe suggested exactly what what Sean said is is that the word bitter seems mm. to be being dropped in favour of amber mm. or just dropped entirely um I think some some ones have started replacing it with the word bitter and I think some have just dropped it entirely from their from their branding and from their pump clips for whatever reason as Sean said that for in people's minds there's some connotation about the word bitter, um, which presumably uh, marketers and and the money men and the salespeople have said, yeah, you can't call it bitter. Stop calling it bitter. You just can't do that. Drop the word bitter. Replace it, or just don't use it. So, you know, because correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but Southwall didn't used to have the word bitter on it, did it? It was just Southwall. Um, well, Southwold was just Adnams Bitter back in my day. Um, uh, and the, it was it was Southwold Bitter hmm, probably not, un- not until the mid-90s. It was when they started calling it Southwold Bitter because Adnams really pushed Southwold as the brand, I guess. Um, but I do think it always had Southwold Bitter. But you, in a pub, people will talk about having a pint of Southwold. Um, you know, nowadays, I think they don't talk about it as being bitter, particularly. Yeah, they, they, but I think you're right. It'd be quite interesting to see how that goes. But I do, yeah, it was quite a scathing piece by uh, mm. Roger Prox, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily disagree because Amber doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes and it'll be interesting to hear um, listeners' views on, on that if you have a read through and, and, and let us know what you think on that one. Moving on to this week's main poll and, and the one that we, we, we're going to discuss and get into, uh, and that was the question, should local camera branches focus their support on getting pubs back up and running by holding smaller festivals in pubs this year? So we only had 285 votes on this one. Uh, a whopping 83.2% of people said yes, 16.8% of people said no. Some of the comments this week, first up from Ian Hay at II Hay. Yes, this is a fabulous idea. Local festival showcasing beers from the local breweries. 
SE London Camera, at SE London Camera. It's something we've talked about a lot. Agree pubs could probably benefit from our support this year. However, it's too early to be able to make any decisions. Andrew Taylor, Andy, 1129298. My local branch, Barnsley Camera, will hold a walking festival around the time the beer festival should have been. We are going to go to different areas over the weekend and go into all the pubs to support the industry. There's a brave man. All the pubs. Brilliant. Love that. All the pubs in Barnsley. Yeah. Uh, from Richard Taylor, at Rich Taylor 608 I voted yes. I don't think that will ever happen as camera make money from festivals. They also need to drop the current voucher scheme, which doesn't benefit pubs and really drive support for proper pubs. Brewery support is also needed. From James, James Moosh. Camera should always focus on supporting independent pubs and breweries by scrapping the vouchers and discounts, not promoting Weatherspoons or big brewers and not moaning about the price of good beer. But yeah, helping pubs run small festivals sounds good too. And then from John Moore at The Beer Idiot. I like the idea in theory, but the cynic in me can't get past camera's apparent love for Weatherspoons. And we definitely don't want people being encouraged to go in there. From Paul, you and RCD? Absolutely they should. Pub festivals can work really well. The Hope Round festivals most months and they are great. Sure, camera could do more, do more pubs, do something similar. From Wim Fandangle at Wim Fandangle, camera should purely promote local pubs and local drinking in 2021. No festivals at all. The last thing we need when hospitality opens is for people to be given an excuse to travel outside of their local areas just to crowd into the few venues that could actually host these. David Martin at RDG Martin was always keen on this as a concept when we were involved in MK Cameras Beer Festival. Always felt that camera were more interested in raising money though and public weren't very engaging. Might be different now though. Then from the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady, that's a brilliant idea as long as they can just provide support and allow the venues to have a majority say in what beer is to be sold and the overall vibe. Let's face it, if every pub had the usual feel of a camera festival, it may well put many punters off. <laughs> Owl Lady gives with one hand and takes away with the other. <laughs> from Matt Chillery at Half Pint Gent, very interesting question. I'm going to lean to no because guessing camera also will need funds for the business to continue. But I think there could be a lot that they could do to help. Cancel discounts with an announcement, arrange official pub crawls, encouraging as many people to join as possible. Assist and help with pubs who don't usually run beer festivals. Maybe even using volunteers to help run them and encourage local pubs who don't usually stock varied or local beer to do so. And finally, as is almost the, uh, the tradition now, the final comment. Mark Johnson. Personally, I don't think any interior festival should be held this year again with all focus on pubs. And I went to a beer festival in a pub in October and it felt pretty unsafe despite efforts to keep it secure. However, if we are speaking on less restrictive times, then no. Camera festivals tend to be annual, so hardly drive business away. And they bring people into the town who often use the opportunity to visit local pubs. Several, not just the one that would house the festival. Loads of great comments there, as, as, as always, from everyone. And the questions in the show notes, you can click through on that and you can have a look through at all the different answers that, that, that people have given. As always, we've only been able to showcase just a handful of those. What are our thoughts on, on this one, though? And Sean, we're going to come to you first as our guest. Um, what, what do you think about, in, instead of local camera branches holding their normal local camera festivals, they take that into their local pubs and they run a series of essentially mini festivals I, I think it sounds like an excellent idea i think you know one one of the things that 
you know, about camera. Camera is about saving real ale. And the only place that real ale is going to live is in pubs. Um, you know, you, it doesn't exist anywhere else. So after the year that we've had, I think camera needs to do whatever it can to support pubs to get back on their feet as soon as that's possible. Uh, and, and organizing festivals, walking tours, whatever it is, whatever they can do to support pubs to get back on their feet, I think they need to do. Thanks, Sean. I think it's quite interesting that actually some of the comments we got from some of the local camera branches have already obviously started talking about this and thinking about it and considering, which I found really quite heartening, I have to admit. I, I do wonder if people got a bit confused with national camera because um, some, some of the yeah, suggestions possibly. there were, was that camera exists to essentially make money, whereas the, the, the local camera branches are, are more about, they have more of a focus on quality real ale, don't they, R rather than trying to, to, to fundraise or make money yeah. for the, the national organisation. Yeah, and I think um, there is a possibility of that. I mean, you know, although the voting was quite low compared to some of the, the polls we've run um, recently, there were some fantastic comments and a real volume of comments as well from people, which I really enjoyed reading through. Um, I mean, this was sort of, uh, sort of came from myself, this question. And I think that, yes, this year, um, and, you know, I'm only really talking about 2021, and we don't know when 2021 will start properly, as in life return to some sort of uh, new normal. And uh, But if they are serious about saving real ale, as Sean said, that lives in a pub. That's the best place to have real ale is in a pub. Um, for a lot of their bigger festivals, they're not going to be able to probably put them on anyway because of the time it takes to organise them, all your health and safety, etc. Whereas doing smaller festivals either as a town across a selection of pubs um, or in a pub every now and again and I think Matt's suggestion about offering help was excellent um, and you know it, we, we give people the opportunity to talk about the discount vouchers of which although they're not exclusively Weatherspoons these days are still very much focused on spoons and yeah I'd be quite happy if they if they ditch those um, so, yeah, I, I think camera and pubs should be doing everything they can to work together this year of all years just to give as much of a boost to the local hostelries. Not everyone who's going to go is going to necessarily want to be drinking the beer. And I do take uh, the old lady's comment about you may not want it to feel like a camera festival. Maybe there's a bonus there, but it won't feel like a camera beer festival. And people may have to use a bit of innovation about how they run a beer festival in certain venues. It may not be as a traditional camera one where you can just walk up, survey your X amount of uh, casks and look at the program. There may still be an element of that table service that we've referenced so often over the last 10 months, but still comes into play. Who knows? Um, but wouldn't it be great if so many of the beer festivals uh, took place in pubs, we'd have a lot less gravity beer being sold as well. So, I mean, there's a bonus for one, you know. I'm, I'm all for beer festivals without it being gravity. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because when, when in, in particular relation to this poll, what I picture almost is, is what the Owl House in Chelmsford does 
a number of times a year or, or, or used to do a number of times a year where they have their beer festivals. They have uh, a series of beers across their 12 cask pumps and then they have a number of gravity beers on as, as, as well. And yes, you, you know, I've said on many occasions that that is not my preference in terms of, of, of beer, but we do know that the Owl House keeps their beer very yep. well. And, you know, if you get in on those gravity beers on, on the first day when they're open, they're in fairly good condition. As, as, as well so i almost picture what the owl house do as, as almost being the model for what other pubs could do but in partnership with their local camera branches rather than just as a here's a pub beer festival it, it would be great to see camera supporting those and saying actually you, you know if, if you look at again chelmsford camera actually we're not going to run the big beer festival in the park this year what we're going to do is we're going to support what's going on in the owl house and actually we're going to support three or four other venues in the town as well that are also going to run beer festivals on on those that those same weekends maybe there's some sort of you know card scheme where you go around and get card stamped for for every place you've visited and you get like a free pint at the end of it or something like that it's 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 what you say about that innovation it's it's about how venues can innovate to get back on their feet and and get people back in but get people feeling confident that it's okay to go out drinking again and 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 to be with people and they may feel more confident in their local pub than in some beer festivals um you know especially you know we're we're very reliant in the spring and summer and autumn here of a beer festival being held one of some of the bigger regional ones but there'd be nice weather in which case, then you can probably tick a lot of boxes. Invariably, you'll get a day or an evening where the heavens will open and then everyone has to rush into that bit of a marquee or under a bit of cover. You've already got that in the pub already. That's, that exists, you know? Yeah. I'd, so I'd, I'd... I, I like the idea about a town doing it or a crawl. Um, I think what camera can do is be proactive. Go to the pubs. Don't wait for the pubs to come to them. They're used to organising these things. Reach out to the pubs. Yeah, the ones which they already know are real ale friendly and camera friendly, reach out to them. And it may well be that they don't want to do like the ale house and actually have some bar- some cars for, for gravity. But what they might decide to do is change their, their beer lineup for, for a week or something and, like that. And, and ultimately, doesn't doesn't that make it easier for, for the camera branch to organise because they're not actually doing... The, the, the hard miles in terms of having set up this massive beer festival, marquees, all the stillage, getting all the beer to one site that comes with that. All they're essentially doing is coordinating a series of smaller festivals that are being run by somebody else for you. I, I, I mean, I probably would need the someone from the Ale House or Rich at the, uh, the Vic to let us know what any additional costs or plans they have to put in place when they do their beer festivals. But there's got to be certain things which then don't cost camera the money because they're not having to do the health and safety. They're not having to pay for St. John's Ambulance perhaps to be around. They're not paying for security on the, uh, and, and the printing of tickets, all that kind of stuff. The advertise, a lot of the advertising as well for the bigger festivals. You can do everything on a slightly small, smaller local scale. As, as Wim Fandangle said, you know, there's still going to be a period of time where we maybe shouldn't be giving people the excuse or reason to travel too far. And again, there's probably a lot of people who may not want to for a while as well. Whereas if you can find something fairly local to you, then I think it will tick a lot of boxes. I'm not saying it's perfect, 
I just, this year, of all years, I actually don't see that many big beer festivals happening. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that, because I've, I've had an email from Brew London that are apparently still going ahead on the 21st to the 23rd of May. Now, for, for me, I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. Thinking realistically, I'm in the category of people that probably aren't going to get my vaccine until September, if, if, if I'm lucky. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready to go back to a beer festival in May. In London, in London, a couple of thousand people, perhaps. Yeah, I'm. I'm not ready for that. That's that's too soon. Uh, I'm. I'm. I've got to say, I. I. Every time I see a beer festival being announced for 2021, I don't worry a little bit about it. I'm like, I'm just. I'm not sure we're there yet. I'm not. I, I, it's not just about the festivals. I'm not, and I think we've sort of discussed it. It's. It's not festivals that I'm missing. It, it's the pub with a group of mates just having some beers and not really thinking about it. Um, it's not the big festivals of having a third or something. I want to sit there. I want to sit there and enjoy some pints, cast beer. Yeah. And that, that comes in the pub at its best. It comes in the pub. So yeah, give it, give everyone the chance to get to the pub and just encourage as many people. I, I do take Mark's point. It brings people to the town and stuff like that. I think that's an, the next level. Let's, let's go for the next level where you start then having uh pubs and the bigger beer festivals working in tandem, but still having their separate stuff going on this year. Let's just throw as much encouragement and interest at the pub. Yeah. I, I feel as though you and I've run away with this a little bit, mate. And, and Sean's <laughs> kind of been left sitting in the corner <laughs> in, enjoying his beer. Um, Sean, Sean, have you got any final thoughts about this, this, this topic? Um, no, actually, I, I really like this idea that, that there's, you know, has come to me as I've been listening to you guys talking about almost a festival over multiple venues. I mean, um, Mark Johnson was talking about, you know, maybe not wanting to have a festival just in one pub. But, you know, if you've got five or six pubs across a town or a city um, that are all having their own festival, if you think about the casks that are on offer at a big festival being spread across five six eight whatever pubs you could have a really good festival weekend spread across multiple venues and all the money is going across the bar in in, in you know good real ale pubs and that sounds to me like a win-win yeah you get you get the local breweries in you get the brewers in you do it's 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 a whole different type of meet the brewer isn't it get them behind the bar serving and, mm. and they can talk to the punters about the beer that they brew it's there's there's so much potential here I just what what I don't want to see from a certain point of view is let's just go back to how it was. Mm. Let's let's use this as an opportunity to do things differently. Yeah, definitely. And that's that cuts across quite a lot of things. But specifically in the world we're talking about right now, there's definitely, I think, some opportunities here to do things differently. And dare I say it may be even better as well. Yeah. Absolutely. But loads of great comments, loads of great discussion there tonight. If you've got uh, a view on this and you want to carry on getting involved in this, use the hashtag opinions and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. First up from Johnny Beerboy at Johnny Beerboy. Just finished listening to the latest show on my icy walk to work this morning with winter now biting down, work getting gr grimmier by the day and me six days into a 21 day sober streak i was more than ready to hear martin's call of hope to make 2021 the year of the pub 
I think I think Martin's going to be the the, the pub champion this year. Aren't you, mate? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I may be banging on about that quite a bit. Just two shows in. Sorry. <laughs> From your boy Rob Edwards at Rob Edwards ninety, great show, guys. Thoroughly enjoyed it. My only criticism is that the second hour is silent. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> uh, from Ronnie Bean at Ronnie Bean, listening to the show in the beer desert of Ayrshire, I don't get pub culture at all. Grim slop shops selling televised sport and serving big lager in all its shades of beige. Don't miss the pub at all. Long live the beer career. Lockdown silver linings. Sure, that one might ruffle a few feathers. True, but it's a very different comment. It just goes to show again that we we all live in different parts of the country and have very different experiences oh, as well. Abs- absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Cheviot Brewery, whose beers we did feature on the show. Uh, cheers, gents. Glad you enjoyed the Harbour Wall and Black Cag. Really pleased that two of our ales are being showcased and show some fab feedback too. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was, it's, it's great to get their feedback. And they I think they also went on to say as well that we're welcome up there anytime and then posted this amazing picture of their outdoor tap room, campfire and, and, and everything. And I was just instantly like, take me there. I want to be there right now. How's that spreadsheet list looking, Steve? The places <laughs> get, we want to visit. <laughs> getting longer, mate. It's getting longer by the week. From Wim Fandangle at Wim Fandangle, nice to see you back after the epic end of year show. I pretty much agree with Martin and Big Eagle as the West Coast beer of 2020 as well. Those big amber malts rounding it off nicely. Honourable mention to, to Duration, who, who also released a few belters. And then from Richard Taylor at Richard Taylor 1608, welcome back. Looking forward to hearing Sean on the next show. I hope he has plenty of stats for our listening pleasure. I'm glad most people picked up in the pick pub in the poll this is what we need to hear also i completely agree about camera festivals being cancelled to help pubs now sean we've not given you an opportunity to go stat mad <laughs> just yet um but i know you've got some stats on the three beers we're drinking tonight so hold on to them for now and we'll come on to those when we move on to the third beer this evening from neil hayden and neil hayden 747 excellent show to ease us into the new year Good to see Northeast Breweries getting a wider audience. We are very proud of the beer scene up here. And from David at DW Markham, lovely start to the year, chaps. We'll keep an eye out for the Cheviot stuff. From Paul at UNRCD, great podcast, gents, and thanks to Martin for filling in the reasons why Oregon Trail didn't tick all of the boxes. We got there eventually, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a continuing theme. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, uh, a big thank you uh, to Mark Johnson, um, who included included us in his sort of golden pints that, that he wrote um, when he spoke about um, a few people doing some fabulous online events last year. He, he did mention us for the few um, things that we did, uh, the, the few events that we did over the summer. So thanks for that, Mark. We do, yeah, we do really no, thank appreciate you very much. it. And, and we'll include a, a link in the show notes to, to Mark's blog in, in case you haven't read that yet. I've finished my Camden on Sea in India Power Lager. Um, I've also nearly finished my comparison beer as, as well. So that might need a little top up as well. Um, I am just going to say that it is a thoroughly drinkable beer. It has got the, it's the best of what Camden do and it's the best of what Adnams do. And it actually, it reminds me a little bit of the original India Hells Lager the original IHL that, that Camden released and then bastardised into something new. I completely, I, I've got nothing else to add. 
that, that sums it up for me. And I do like the um, the nod back to the original India Hells Lager as well. Um, Sean, final thoughts from you? Actually, talking about the India Hells Lager reminds me when this first came out, I did try the Ghost Ship and the Camden Ansi and the current incarnation of Camden Hells. Um, and it was interesting to try the, the three of them together. Camden on Sea is a really cracking beer. It's really close to, to the ghost ship. Um, it's, an, it's a better beer than the current incarnation of Camden Hells. Um, I can see what you're saying about the, um, you know, about the nod back to, to what it used to be like a few years ago, perhaps. But cracking beer. Yeah, I, I would very much like to see Adnams not maybe include it as part of their core range, but I'd very much like to see the Camden on Sea become a seasonal of, of, I've, of theirs i've heard a rumor that there could be some interest in something along those lines but i think they might need to consider the naming issue <laughs> okay that's fair, mm. fair enough can, yeah, can, i mean that's fair enough but yeah. it would sit quite it would sit quite nicely they've not mm. really got anything like that have they closest is the keg version of um ghost ship i would say yeah and yeah. i would say that if i had to choose i'd probably choose this over the keg version of ghost ship yeah, but you're not a fan of the keg version of Ghost Ship. You've, I'll drink it if it's there versus other choices. You've openly said that on many occasions. But it's it's a it's a shadow of the cast version. Oh, always, yeah, always. Well, let's um let's move on to the final beer this evening. This is the most recent of collaborations that Adnams have done of their Ghost Ship tenth birthday celebration beers, and this is with Magic Rock, and it is called Red Phantom. It's a red um rye session ipa coming in at 4.6 percent spoiler i'm going to put it right out there right now that this has been my favorite of the three that i've tried previously um i've really really enjoyed this beer and also going back to what we mentioned early on this was the epiphany moment that i never realized that rye was in ghost ship like I said, you weren't alone with that one, Steve. And, and bearing in mind there's some fans of Ghost Ship on this particular recording right now, I had never picked up on that before, Ivan. Fergus's comment you referred to earlier did make me chuckle out aloud on Twitter because I then went to have a look at the can and the description. It's right there. It's it's right there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. It is in very small letters, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> But this looks lovely in the glass. It is a lovely uh, dark, deep red amber colour. It's got a beautiful white head. It's very, very inviting. Let's get into it. Cheers. 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 Now, this feels like the right time of year to be having this particular beer. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that's probably one of the reasons as well, Steve, because you're fairly... You can be quite seasonal on your beers at times. I'm, I'm massive. And you're, I'm a massively seasonal drinker, yeah. And your colour profile of your beers start to go towards that autonomous winter stages and when this one landed it didn't surprise me that you were a fan of it um i think it's lovely it's got really nicely balanced almost a marmalade type sweetness to it when you first when you first drink it um again 4.6 so it's the same as the camden on sea as well um i think it's i think it is it is a superb beer it's not my favorite out of the three that have happened so far but it's it isn't i think it's a really tasty beer what, what do you think sean um yeah i think it's interesting it, it it's closest in color profile out of the three beers to to the original ghost ship and i think it's got i mean we talked before about the the kind of multi-backbone that you associate with adnams 
I think this one has it the most out of the three beers. Um, it's um, it's got a different flavour profile. You know, the hops are very different. Um, you know, classic American hops. Um, but it's I'm torn between this and the uh, the Camden on Sea actually, um, which which I suspect is your favourite, Martin. I'm torn between the two of them. Um, but I love the I love the maltiness of this. I think oh, I, I do love it, but you are right. The Camden on Sea is my favourite, but it's it's a close run thing between this one, um, the the Red Phantom and the Camden on Sea. Sorry, Steve, what were you going to say? I was just going to say I think I think the hops in this are very very prominent. They they're, they're very bold, and they're, they're probably if if I think about it, it's probably one of the hoppiest beers that I've ever tasted from from Adnams. Um, even putting the likes of innovation to, to, to one side uh, at the moment, that the hops really do shine through on this. And, and I do think that that's what Magic Rock have maybe bought to this. I know, I know they say on the can they've bought the, the, the best of Cannonball to this. I don't for a minute think that this is anywhere near a crossover between Ghost Ship and Cannonball. No. Um, but it, what, what it's bought is that American hopping profile that, that they use for cannonball and and that's shining through in this for, for me and and what you do get underneath that is is that beautiful adnams profile that just just wraps this beer up and just makes it almost perfect for me yeah see this is where this one works better than say the first one with beaver town um where beaver town brought some amazing flavors and aroma just wasn't necessarily my bag whereas the fruity aroma on this one is much more my kind of thing um, I said with that sort of orangey marmalade sort of profile at the start, but it's it's just got a, it just feels like it. I think because of the colour, it feels like it's got more body, yeah, as well. And I think that that sort of plays into it as well. And you know, it, it, it is it feels like this time of year kind of beer as well, especially you know the autonomal red colour of it as well. It definitely sits quite comfortably in the in the darker months. I think. It, it does. It really reminds me of, an, and I, I know why they didn't put it on the can because it's that they've retired it. But it really rem- reminds me of Magic Rocks Rapture, which was their Red Owl that, that they their, their hoppy Red Owl that they used to do, and and I think it's it's more that than it is Cannonball. And God, I miss that beer. Now I've mentioned it. Maybe I need to start a Bring Back Rapture campaign because <laughs> I, I, I seem to have finally got there with Magic Eight Ball. So, okay. so maybe Rapture's the next one. How long did Magic 8 Ball take? About three years. Okay. Start the campaign for 2024 <laughs> now. Hashtag bring back Rapture. <laughs> <laughs> but we did promise the listeners some stats from our statistician. Um, and the statistician, Uncrudia, if you're not familiar with his Twitter handle, is going to, um, I think, respond directly to Rich Taylor with his stats. Statistics. Yep. Well, I, you know, I, I had to bring some stats to the party. You know, I, I could have brought loads and loads, but then it would have just been the Uncrudia stat show, and that wasn't what anyone was listening in for. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I can tell you um, is that across these three beers that we've sampled tonight, um, Adnams and their partners brewed 700 brewery barrels of these three beers. Um, 
And about half of that was the Camden on Sea beer, because obviously that was brewed before we got into the first lockdown. Um, so, you know, there, there were great dreams of that being available in, in cask and keg all over the country, I should imagine, which obviously didn't come to pass. Um, so the 350 barrels of Camden on Sea, um, Martin, you'll be pleased to know that's 100,000 pints, give or take, um, and about nice. 50,000 pints each of the other two um so you know to, to put it into um you know a unit of measurement that makes a bit more sense um so i hope uh, rich is happy with with that, those little uh, little statistical facts for you well i i am even if rich isn't um <laughs> I, and I always, I always like the transfer between uh, brewery barrels liters into pints as well we do still use we just for, for the benefit of the listeners um we do always have show notes and at the top of the show notes steve and i have incorporated some conversions that were very kindly provided to us by sean a couple of years ago and they still <laughs> provide very they are very useful especially when we get brewers on who seem to talk determined to mm. talk in measurements i don't understand yeah, it's, it's always there for us, isn't it? To, to just give us a gentle, <laughs> gentle reminder. Thanks yeah. for that, Sean. Um, just in terms of these three beers, the, the, the other thing that I do want to say is that I absolutely love the branding on, on, on these because what it's taken is it's, it, it, it's taken an element of the, 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 the brewery that Adnams have collabed with um, and they've used their branding on it. And that's, that's particularly prominent on both the Beaver Town and on the Magic Rock one. Um, but it's also distinctively Adnams. And, and the other thing that I've just noticed, which has sent my nerdy spider sense tingling, is that every can has the same, exactly the same image of the ghost ship on it um, that you get on the normal ghost ship branding and and that i think that little nod that little touch is is just brilliant i mean i'll what i'll do is i'll take a picture of that and i'll post it on twitter after the show recording this evening and then i'll link it through in the show notes so people can see that if if they're into that sort of thing but it's i, I love that i i love that little attention to detail it's a good shout out about the branding actually because i've been impressed with it as well and um, I think you're right to shout out the Beaver Town and the Magic Rock collaborations are very, very prominent, but still firmly sit in a Beaver Town range or a Magic Rock range as comfortably. And equally, the Camden on Sea, they've done it in a slightly more muted fashion, but then the Camden on Sea branding is more muted than both Magic Rock and Beaver Town. Um, and yeah, the little bit about the ship, I, I love that as well. Three 30 millilitre cans. I, just tick so many boxes. The only thing that's missing when you're trying to do a picture with these beers is that the ghost ship is a 440 can. Yeah. Or, or you go for a ghost ship bottle, which doesn't work in the picture at all. No. And you can't put the bottle in the middle because there's only three cans. Yeah. But so there are there work. are more coming. And, and, and we're excited that there are more collaborations coming this year. And as we said earlier on, um, hopefully we'll be able to do another show a little bit later on in the year with the other collabs that, that, that Adnams have got planned. I, I don't know at this stage who they're planning to collab with. I, I know originally who, who the fourth brewery was supposed to be, um, but I'm not sure it's public knowledge, so I'm not going to share that right right now. But I know that Fergus has said they're definitely going to do more than four collaborations um, now because obviously things have changed and, well, and they've just got the ability to do that. Yeah, the plan would have been, as, as Sean referenced, would have been not just for the Camden on C one, but for the other beers to end up on tap in places as well, wouldn't it? So yeah. it, it's a shame that we haven't had that opportunity. 
maybe it will happen. You know, maybe there's a a collaboration beer festival that that they could put on in Southall that we could end up at one day, and you could have these all on tap at the same time. It's a lovely idea. Um, but yeah, that was obviously the original intention. So yeah, things have changed. Drag out, drag out your tenth anniversary if you can. Yeah, look at so look very much looking forward to that. We've got one question this week that we need to answer. Questions, questions fill my head. And that's from Ronnie Bean at Ronnie Bean, who said, my podcast provider auto played on into the Beer Nation podcast. Would you turn your hobby into a living and become pro beer podcasters if you had the opportunity? Now, I'm assuming that question is more for me and you, Martin, than it is for Sean. Um, (laughs) So so, so we'll take that one. Um, Martin, what's your thoughts on that one? Um, firstly, I uh, apologise to Ron for having about four to five hours of you and me popping up in his ear rolls for a <laughs> period of time with the autoplay function. Um, but the simple answer would be no. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, when uh, ZX Ventures knock, rock up and ask, offer Stephen an inordinate amount of money to take us professional and then replace us, that's a different matter. But uh, let's assume that doesn't happen. I'm not sure I would want to. Um, I like the hobby aspect of it. I like the fact we can pretty much say what we want, frame it as we want, be as honest as we are with, with what we do, even with the, the gifted beers that we get through. Um, I think there'd be a lot more pressure on us to not be perhaps who we are and maybe the enjoyment of it. I look forward to our recordings. I look forward to when we get the chance to actually meet people and meet brewers and none of it feels like a business whatsoever. And yes, you guys may have seen us say that we're working sometimes in inverted commas. I'd hate to lose the inverted commas. I, I, I'm not going to add anything to that. You, you've what you've said there sums up how how I feel as as, as well. It's uh, it's it's a hobby that I enjoy at, at the moment. I think that I, I've, it's a question I've been asked a number of times, particularly in terms of oh, why don't you try and monetize the podcast? And I'm like, well, because it's a hobby and it's it's something that I enjoy doing. And I've always said from day one that I've got the ability to walk away from it whenever I want, whenever I stop enjoying it. And that's still the same right now. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. I don't want to walk away, but equally I don't want it to become my job because I don't think that would be fun. No, I I like it because it's a complete uh, change to my job. It's so vastly different to my job is one of the reasons why I really like it. Good question though. And I have been asked it before, especially about the monetizing, you know, adverts and the such like. And again, I've listened to enough podcasts over the over the years with adverts and it doesn't really work for me. You lose the flow. Great question. Um, I don't know whether Ron had a bit in a second part to that going, please say you're never going to go professional. That Maybe that's in brackets that he didn't <laughs> fit onto Twitter. But uh, no, thanks for the question as ever. Um, you know, we're always happy to answer questions. So please keep them coming in. Yeah, keep using that hashtag opinions and we'll find them. Final thoughts on, I know it feels like we've only just opened it, but I've drunk it quite quickly. Final thoughts on the Red Phantom Rye Session IPA? Um, nothing really to add from five minutes ago, Steve, to be honest. I <laughs> Was it only five finished. minutes? <laughs> yeah, I haven't quite finished it yet. Um, it is very enjoyable. It's very autonomal. It does showcase. I think the Rapture was a cra- cracking shout-out, by the way. The skills the skills that Magic Rock have for making Rapture definitely come through in this beer. Um, I think 
Sean was also right about the malt profile and the colour. Um, yeah, it just sits a little bit down for me on the uh, the India Pale Lager. It has just been my number one collab that Adams did so far. But, you know, will they hold on to that status if there's more coming out? You know what, I've just had a moment, as you were saying that, where I've just realised, fuck Rapture, I want Big Top back, which is their Imperial Red IPA. So hashtag bring, bring back Big Top. That's that's the next one. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, sure. What, what, any, anything else you want to add to the Red Phantom while Steve dreams of Big Top? <laughs> I, I think it hasn't got the same profile, the same flavour profile as Ghost Ship in the way that the Camden on Sea has. But the Camden on Sea, I think, is definitely a summer beer. I think this is a, you know, this is a rest of the year beer. And it is a really lovely, it's, it, it's malty, it's got that marmalady fruitiness. It hasn't got the citra um, of Ghost Ship, but it's got, it's a really, it, in a different way, it's really close to Ghost Ship in, in the maltiness of it. Um, and, and sort of, it's a, it's a really, despite the rye, it's a, and despite the American hops, it's quite a, a traditional English style bitter, I think, in many ways. And I, I'm really enjoying it. Yes, I've enjoyed my English style amber. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very nice. Actually, I think it's a good point, actually, even with the maybe the more modern interpretation of sort of landed on a, a very traditional output in the end. Mm. Yeah, it, it's kind of a, a fusion of, of, you know, New World American hops and, uh, and, and the best of a, of a good traditional English bitter, I think. I think all in all, so far, the three collaborations have all been good so far. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've been happy with all of them and I've, I've enjoyed all of them as well, thoroughly. So look forward to see what's coming next then. Yeah, so massive thank you to Fergus at Adnams for sending those to us to try. We are very appreciative of those and we do look forward to, to what's coming next. Talking of what's coming next, Martin, what are we drinking on the next show? I know this one, Steve. I've done my research. In fact, I did the research at the weekend. Um, we'll be featuring a range of beers from Beer Manufacture, Engel, um, that has been kindly sent to us by the Sausage Man, who are exclusively selling these beers in the UK. German beers. Between Steve and I, we'll be reviewing six of the range on the next show. Very much looking forward to that. And while we're reviewing those, we are, as promised, going to be revisiting the fantasy themes that, that we've been doing. And this one is one that I'm really looking forward to, actually. So it's going to be our fantasy six-pack. So which six beers would you use to make up your ultimate six-pack? So a couple of, couple of slight rules around this. It's got to be small pack only. Um, so, for instance, I couldn't choose that pint of Jaipur and include that in my six-pack. It's got to be either available in a can or a bottle. Uh, and it could be a reminder of a time or a place or beers that you just simply love. Other than that, there's there's no rules, no constraints. Just let us know what your fantasy six-pack would be. We'd love to know what your choices are. I'm going down a route of having a bit of a theme around mine. I think Martin might be doing the same. Yep. Um, if we end up with the same themes, that's going to be interesting because at this stage, we don't know what, what our themes are going to be. But at the moment, I've got a long list of 19 beers to try and get into my six pack. Yeah, Steve's got a spreadsheet going. 
Um, I, like, I love the fact that we're doing a fantasy six-pack show and trying six beers between us on the show. This is planning, Steve. I like the, the, this. The numbers all, all work, yeah. So if you're listening to this now, um, that poll will be out between now and the next show, but you can get in touch with us already. Start letting us know what your six-packs will be, and we'll hopefully feature those on the next show. Use the hashtag opinions so that we can find you. Sean, thank you very much for joining us on, on this week's show. It's been a pleasure to enjoy these Adnams beers with you and hear all about your beer journey well thank you for having me on steve it's been an absolute delight to drink along with you and, and have a chat it's been great yeah it's uh, been a pleasure mate it's been a lot of fun um we've really enjoyed this evening and we look forward to joining you again in a couple of weeks all that's left to say is cheers 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 Um, it's been a lot of fun tonight uh, and we look forward to joining you again in a couple of years. A uh, cu- no. couple of years. <laughs> <laughs>